Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A teacher once told me there are no dumb questions in here. Now, what that teacher meant was, if you have a question, someone else probably has a similar question. So if you think of something to ask, ask away. Well, that teacher was wrong. You see, in my opinion, there are some less than wise questions that you could ask. For instance, I grew up in Wisconsin. I'm a lifelong Wisconsinite. One time I was traveling in a different part of the country, and someone found out that I was born and raised in Wisconsin. So they came up and asked me, So, do you actually like cheese? The answer is obvious. The stereotypes are true. I love cheese. Many people from Wisconsin love cheese. The question was just too obvious. Or maybe you had this experience growing up. A sibling, a cousin, someone had a birthday party and they got a special birthday treat. Maybe a cupcake or a slice of cake or a cookie. And so you go up and ask them, so, are you going to finish that? You don't actually care about them or their well-being. No, you are trying to trick them, deceive them, trying to get a little bit of their birthday treat for yourself. So with the first question, the answer is way too obvious. And in the second question, you're asking with false motives. In our lesson for this morning, Peter asked Jesus a question. It's a question that I know I've had, and maybe you've had it too. How many times do I need to forgive someone who sins against me? In our lesson, Jesus attacks any false ideas out there, false ideas that there would be a time when we wouldn't forgive someone who sins against us. There's only one option in Christ. We strangle our old Adam and freely forgive. The servant in this parable owed 10,000 bags of gold, or maybe you've heard it, 10,000 talents. This is the biggest number that Jesus can think of. It is in enormous debt. And this servant, he doesn't just owe a modern bank this amount of money. If you can't pay back a loan from a modern bank, a lot of bad things will happen to you. Maybe your wages will get garnished. Your house might get foreclosed on. You might have to declare bankruptcy and suffer through years of poor credit. But this man, he didn't just owe a modern bank this debt. He owed his master, the king, the sole ruler and monarch of this territory. He owed him that amount of money. And if he couldn't pay back the debt, the king had every right to do whatever he would want with this man. He could throw him into prison. He could torture him. He could even torture his wife and kids since he wasn't able to pay back the debt. So when the king calls this man in to settle his debts, the servant is distressed. What is he going to do? He has to try something, anything. So he throws himself at the king's feet and begs, please, just a little more time. Just a little more time and I'll pay back everything. Now, this request is pretty illogical. It doesn't really matter how much time he's given. He's never going to be able to pay off the debt. 
It's like trying to pay off a $10 billion debt while working a minimum wage job. It's just not going to be possible. But he's desperate. He has to try something, anything. How could he live with himself if he didn't make an effort? How could he live with himself if he had to listen as his wife and children were tortured? So he throws himself at the king's mercy. And the king forgives him. In a generous outpouring of compassion and mercy, the king takes all of the debts away. He doesn't just give the man a little bit more time. No, he cancels every last penny. Go, live at peace. Now we might expect the next scene to to go something like this. Uh, The man jumps to his feet. He was dead to this dead, and now he's made alive by the king's amazing and gracious mercy. I kind of picture him running through the streets of the city, giving out high fives, telling anyone who will listen about what has happened. It would have been an incredible moment of joy. That's not what happened. Instead, as soon as this man leaves the king's presence, he immediately goes out and finds a fellow servant who owes him a hundred silver coins. And he chokes the man, pay me back what you owe. The switch has certainly flipped in this man's mind. In one scene, he's begging for mercy, and then in the next, he's at this man's throat over a much smaller debt. This fellow servant can only choke out a few words. Please, please, just just a little more time. Just a little more time and I'll pay back everything. It was the same exact words that this wicked servant had used with the king and had received forgiveness. We might expect upon hearing identical words, it might bring the man to his senses, snap him out of his fit of anger and rage, at least he would give the man some more time, show a little bit of mercy. But that doesn't happen either. Instead, he takes this fellow servant and he throws him into prison until he can pay off his hundred silver coin debt. When the king's other servants witness this entire thing, they are disturbed. They go and tell the king all that's happened. So the king calls in this wicked servant and he lays out before him the entire story. You had a 10,000 bag of gold debt and I forgave every last penny. Yet you wouldn't show just a little bit of mercy to a fellow servant? Answer for what you've done. And the man is speechless. He is completely caught in his sin. There's nothing that he can say to the king. So the king rightly and justly takes the man and he throws him into prison to pay for what he's done. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Peter had asked Jesus the question, how many times do I need to forgive? And the truth is, so often we wish there was a time when we wouldn't have to forgive people who sin against us. When people sin against us, it's not just some 10-cent debt. 
This is real pain, real hurt, real suffering. And when my heart clings to that pain and when it clings to thoughts of revenge, I am that wicked servant. This servant, he was dead in his debt of money, but he was made alive again by the king's amazing forgiveness. But then he forfeited that forgiveness by not showing mercy on a fellow servant. God, our Heavenly Father, he has, we were dead in our sins, yet he made us alive by forgiving us. Yet we can forfeit our forgiveness by not forgiving each other. Even before Jesus gave his disciples this parable, he had already answered Peter's question. Peter had asked a very blunt and pointed question, how many times do I need to forgive? And so Jesus gave a very blunt and pointed answer that all of his disciples would have clearly understood. You are to forgive every single time. And then Jesus used this parable as a way to further illustrate his point. This servant in this parable owed the king 10,000 bags of gold. On his own, there was no way he was ever going to be able to pay it off. And on his own, there was nothing that made him worthy of this generous forgiveness. Yet the king still had mercy on the man. The king chose to be gracious and kind and compassionate. We owe God far more than any debt of gold. God demands perfection from each and every one of us. God demands a sinless life in order to get into heaven. And on our own, we're completely hopeless. On our own, we are completely dead in our sins. But that's when the master stepped in. The king of heaven himself came down. Jesus Christ took on flesh and blood for you and for me. In his life, Jesus lived a completely debt-free, sinless life. And Jesus, he took his sinlessness and he gave it to us. And instead, he took upon himself all of our debts, all of our wrongdoings, all of our sins. And Jesus took those all the way to the cross where he died to forgive us. And then he rose victorious on Easter morning so that now when God looks at each and every one of us, he sees completely debt-free saints. We try and beg God for just a little more time, but God has already answered us. No, my child, I have taken your sins far from you. Go, live at peace. When I was a senior in high school, some friends and I, we decided to take a camping trip. We had the entire thing planned out. We were going to be sleeping in a a pop-up camper that you pull along a trailer hitch. But the only issue was my friend with the pop-up camper, he didn't have any vehicles that could pull the pop-up camper. So I asked my mother very nicely and very kindly if we could borrow her SUV to pull this camper along with us. She said, yes, be safe, have fun, I love you. And so off we went. I drove about an hour on the freeway, no issues, no problems, pulling this pop-up camper behind us. We finally showed up at the campground. 
And uh, before we could really get settled in, we had to get some information and buy firewood, uh, make sure that we had paid for our stay. So we pull into this teeny tiny little parking lot. After we got all of our firewood and information, it was time to head to the campsite. The only issue was that this parking lot was so small that you couldn't just pull all the way around. We were going to have to do something that I had never done before. I was going to have to go in reverse with something attached to a trailer hitch. So as I started to reverse, I turned the wheels of my mom's car, but the pop-up camper kept going straight ahead and crashed into the side of the car. We all jumped out and looked at what had happened, and there it was, a large dent in my mom's SUV. And I thought, I am dead. There wasn't really anything we could do about it in the moment. We just continued with our weekend, but eventually the time came. I dropped everyone else off back at home, and I pulled into the driveway. I called my mom out and showed her what had happened. She said, was anyone hurt? No, Mom, no one was hurt, but I put a large dent in your car. And then she said something amazing, something that caught me completely off guard. She said, I love you, and I forgive you. I had done nothing to deserve my mother's forgiveness. I was the one who put a dent in her car, yet she still had love for me. She still had mercy. My mother still forgave me. Our Heavenly Father has forgiven each and every one of us. What is our response? Love. Love. Who in your life right now needs to hear those words, I forgive you? Go out and find that person. God, our Heavenly Father, has come to us and says to us, My children, I love you. I have taken your debts far from you. And now we have the privilege to go out and to forgive each other. We forgive like how my mother forgave me. That's what living life through the cross looks like. We forgive others because we ourselves have been freely forgiven. Amen. And may the God of peace himself grant you peace at all times and in every place. Amen. We will continue on page 11 by reading together our confession of faith for this morning, the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit,
continue with our opportunity to give our gifts of thanks and praise to God in the form of our offering. As the offering is gathered, please do fill out the friendship registers that are being handed down the aisle. As you put your information in there, it better allows us to do what God has called us together to do. Encourage one another on toward love and good deeds. We continue with the installation of two of our elders, if you guys would come forward, please. Dear friends in Christ, in holy baptism, our Lord Jesus Christ liberated you from sin and death and made you members of his body, the church. Through word and sacrament, you have been nurtured in faith. You have now been selected for positions of service to our Lord on behalf of this congregation. The Lord has entrusted you with an office which you are to carry out as his servants and according to his word. St. Paul writes concerning service in the church, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. The Lord seeks faithfulness from all who serve. As Scripture says, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. The Lord does not seek from us what he has not given to us. But when he does give a gift, his will is that we use it faithfully to his glory for the benefit of his people. You are also as servants of Jesus Christ and workers in this congregation to set for your own families and the whole church the example of Christian life at home, in corporate worship and Bible study, and in your community. You are promising to be daily in Bible reading, weekly in corporate Bible study, and weekly in worship. I urge you, make the word of God your foundation and guide 
Search it constantly for comfort and instruction and power for your tasks. Now, so that the congregation may be assured of your willingness to serve, I ask you in the presence of God and of this congregation, will you first and foremost be spiritual leaders in your use of the means of grace, daily reading his word, attending corporate Bible study regularly, and worshiping with this body as often as possible and available? If so, answer, I will, and I ask God to help me. Furthermore, will you diligently and faithfully carry out the specific office entrusted to you, using your gifts to build up this church according to the ability which God gives you? If so, answer, I will, and I ask God to help me. <clears throat> Having heard your promises before God and this congregation, I now install you as elders of Abiding Grace Evangelical Lutheran Church in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Victor Cruz. Greg Porter. Now, may God grant you his Holy Spirit and give you wisdom and strength to carry out your duties to his glory and for the good of his people. And now, members of Abiding Grace, I urge you to regard these fellow believers as servants of Jesus Christ and God's gifts to his church. Pray for them, support them in their service, and help them so that through the gospel ministry of this congregation, more people will be touched by the power of Christ's word. If you are willing to support them in this way, say, I will, and I ask God to help me. Let us pray. Merciful and gracious God, our lives are open before you, and you hear our promises. We ask you to send your Holy Spirit into the hearts of your servants, that they may carry out their duties with diligence, boldness, and wisdom. Give them a spirit of devotion and prayer, that in every time of need they may present their requests to you. Help them be examples of what is good, that by their lives they may build up your congregation and give the enemies of the church no cause for complaint. Make them a blessing to your believers. Help them to work with their pastor and with one another, and grant that by their service the unity of this congregation may be strengthened, your name be hallowed, your kingdom enlarged, and your will be done. Lord, in your mercy. Now, gentlemen, go in peace. Give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The Almighty and merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen. Congratulations. We continue with the prayer of the church. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have forgiven us freely our great debt of sin, inspiring us that same forgiveness for others. Help us to appreciate how powerful a tool that is and help us use it constantly. Be with all those in our congregation who are struggling with anger and pride. Replace that anger with love and pride with compassion and help us as a church family continue to grow closer and closer to one another. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Jesus, the way and the truth and the life, help us as we grow in your truth. Bless our youth confirmation class that started this month for our middle school students. Keep them faithfully coming. Bless our Bible information class on Thursday nights with committed students of your word. Bless our new year of Sunday school classes and bless all our worship and Bible study opportunities that many more may realize what a great power is presented here in your word. Lord, in your mercy. Bread of life, as many students are now going back to college, we ask that you bless them. Help them to grow in wisdom and understanding and prepare through their education good citizens neighbors, and friends. 
Especially we pray for all the students of our Synod's worker training schools, including our members Carly Mathena and Logan Campagnone and our former vicar, Barton Cox. We pray that you build them up to be powerful leaders in your church. Bless them to be blessings to many and guide them through their schooling, keeping them strong through their regular feedings in your word. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we also come before you today on behalf of uh, Donna Burks's family, many of whom are dealing with sickness. Be with everybody who is ill at this time. Give them your healing if it is your will, and, and through it all, draw them to lean on you, to find in you their, their great comforter. Lord, in your mercy. Now hear us, Lord, as we bring you our private petitions. All these things we ask in Jesus' name and join to pray the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.